Afterlife with Brent and Jeff. I'm waiting! And welcome to The Freak Show. This is The Afterlife with Brent and Jeff. Tonight's episode, Excuses, Excuses, Parable of the Great Supper, or the Great Feast. Just to clarify, Jeff is the freak here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're like, this is no. my favorite parable because it has to deal with food. <laughs> the gr- great food. Yeah. <laughs> the great supper. Yeah. Mm, how would you turn this down? It's great when your mom or your wife just makes the great supper and you're yeah. like, oh, yes. <laughs> or when you make it. Yeah. That's I do like too. to cook. I am a, I'm pretty much of a whiz in the kitchen. Cheese whiz, that I, is. I don't whiz in the kitchen. <laughs> That's for other rooms. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little crazy. But we're going to be here for the next two hours, and there's going to be even more crazy if you can handle it. Um, tonight we are going to be in Luke chapter 14, verse 15, and on, and on, and on. So uh, stay tuned. I think you're going to enjoy it. You all right, Brent? I'm all right. You all right there? I don't know. <laughs> Trying to recover from my sure. nonsense? I'm not sure. See, I told you. Jeff was the freak in the freak show. <laughs> now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. You can't do better than eating bread in the kingdom. You know, God's kingdom is where the bread's going to just continue to be right. baked. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And, um, man, you, it, I'm just looking forward to heaven when, you know, he's preparing a table. I mean, he loves preparing a table for us. I love, one of my most favorite stories is after Jesus rose from the dead and he just made breakfast for the disciples on the beach. Man, I would, I would just love to have breakfast on the beach with Jesus, man. How cool is that? You know, just he loved food. You know, he fed the 5,000. He, you know, he can just make bread multiply. And, um, you know, this parable about a supper, about the great supper, um, the heavenly feast we're all invited to. And I'm just looking forward to that day when we're in heaven, you know, we can spend time with him around the dinner table, you know, and, yeah. and the food is just heavenly, literally. Yeah. Pass the guacamole. <laughs> Sorry. And Jesus will be like, oh, you've never had guacamole like this. I'm like, you're right. This is awesome. Getting right into our topic tonight, Luke 14. A certain man gave a great supper, invited many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to those who are invited, Come, for all things are now ready. It's like he's he prepared the supper, he got he got the placemats all laid out, the forks and knives, you know, the the, the cups they're all ready, the, the the smell of the food is in the air. Man, dinner time. Go get all the people that we invited and tell them to come on in. It's time to it's time to eat. You know, and if you think about it, you know, when you have dinner guests, you know, you're cooking food. And, uh, you know, you're starting to smell it and you're looking forward to them coming and showing up at the door. And, uh, you know, when you, when it's just about ready, you're like, man, they're looking at your watch. What, where are, where can they be? You know, it's like, it's time, you know, we, we, uh, you know, this, it's time to eat. I told them seven o'clock It's seven fifteen. I hope they're okay. Start working. I hope they're okay. You know, I start calling them on the cell. You know, hey, you lost, you know, you know, I'm starving. <laughs> it's time to eat. You guys are invited to come over and they're like, you know, I guess I, I just, you know, I gotta do my hair. I'm sorry. You know, like I gotta wash my hair tonight. I can't come over. You know, you start making up all these excuses why you can't, and you're sitting there. I got this food. You know, I'm I'm bummed out. You know, I had I had dinner guests, and you know they're not coming. They're like it's the American Idol finale. I totally blanked on it. Sorry, 
you know, I just can't miss it. Cannot miss it. Got to watch that one live. I can't watch it on DVR. No, no, it does not exist that way. And there's nothing worse. Then you're like, okay, then not only do they not eat the amazing food, but I've let it get, I've let it get cold. Now I got to microwave this delicious dinner. I could have just made a microwave dinner. This parable is really interesting because you got to, you got to. This is one of the parables where you got to get in the scene because it's not like nowadays where you defrost the chicken and then you like throw it in the oven like they slaughtered the meat the animal and they had to cook it they didn't have like refrigerators to keep it in you know they they went to this was like a day or more's worth of preparation for this meal it wasn't like hey 45 minutes and you put it in the oven and it's ready to go this was like hands-on all day slaving weeks in advance probably these invitations went out this is like a big deal yeah. this isn't like hey why don't you and the wife come over for dinner this was like Tons of people, huge, and these people don't even have the decency to ready themselves so that when they say, "Okay, time for dinner," they're like, "Oh, what? Oh, I wasn't ready for that. Let me go and do something else." And the reasons they give are hilarious and they're ludicrous, but they're the same ones that we give it when says, it comes to all with one accord. They all <laughs> together like. You had to make excuses. Like, all of a sudden, it was excuse time. It doesn't say they gave reasons that were adequate. It was no, they made excuses. That's Jesus's words. It's like Crazy. what an excuse. And like, I can just picture them all like hemming and hawing, as people say. At the same time, it's just like this, this more blah blah of voices. Oh, I got. Oh, I have a wife. Oh, I have land. Oh, you know, cows. <laughs> you just hear it, and they're all like, like whoa, 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 whoa. You knew this was happening. This isn't like news to you. <laughs> oh, I forgot. You know what I mean? Was, oh, 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 cows. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't that much going on back in those days. Come on. This I is know. probably a big deal that this dinner event, whatever was happening. Totally. And, um, you know, it, it's funny. You look at the scene. You're like, this is so ridiculous. But we have to remember that Jesus said these things for a reason. He was addressing those people that were with him. And it addresses us and our hearts as well. We're we're made of the same stuff as these people. Jesus found it important to share this with them, to challenge them, to rebuke their attitude. You know how basically God was laying out the Lamb of God, Jesus, and they weren't ready for it. Even though he had given them and paved the way with the prophets and all those things, they weren't ready for the Messiah to come. They weren't ready when they had every warning and every possibility to understand what was about to happen. It's sad. It's a sad state to be in. He was talking to the Pharisees. I mean, the Pharisees <laughs> were like religious, invited to heaven. You know, they knew the truth from the scripture. They were just, they were in like Flynn. <laughs> and they were invited. And Jesus was like, come on. And here's talking to the Pharisees, the hypocrites, um, which is us. We are the Pharisees in this story, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and here's some of the lame, ex- lame excuses. I bought a piece of ground. I must go and see it because, you know, it won't be there after I'm done eating. <laughs> and, uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> I saw it when I bought it, so it's lame. Yeah. Um, and even if you saw something bad, you already paid for it. Yeah, so. So what good is that? Might as well do? just eat dinner. Well, yeah. Look at your land with a full stomach. <laughs> you know, I bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to go test them. <laughs> Like, you didn't test them before you bought them. <laughs> so either you're really dumb, or it's just a lame excuse. I married a wife, therefore I cannot come. <laughs> it's like, man, that's the old <laughs> ball and chain excuse yeah. right there. It's like, uh, you know, uh, the wife, she's got a headache. The missus. The missus. Yeah, got yeah. it. The old lady. <laughs> yeah. 
lame-o. If anything, this wife's probably like, you never take me out any place nice. Come <laughs> on. It's like, I married her. I don't want to take her to dinner, yeah. but <laughs> take her out in public. Know, but... <laughs> go. It's like, I already broke the bank in marrying her. I paid a dowry of five yoke of oxen that I just bought, and I didn't get the test before I gave them to the <laughs> It's like, I, I don't want to come. Therefore, I cannot come. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I really wish I could, but I don't want to. <laughs> so I can't. I can't because I, you know, I just don't want to. <laughs> You're listening to The Altered Life with Brent and Jeff. Brilliant! These are some fickle people here. It's like, I knew this wedding was coming. I'm not the wedding. I knew this feast was coming. So I hurried up and married a wife to get out of it. It's like, you, you look like good marriage material. I can't get, I got to get out of this party that I'm going to. Do you want to marry me? You know, we are such a people that does not commit or doesn't follow through on commitments I should say you know where it's like what's the what's the hottest thing right now you know I, I agreed to go to this dinner with this family or whoever this host was but I got something cooler to do so I'm just gonna tell them that I'm not gonna come and do this other thing that I'd rather do you know and, and you break it down and it talks about I've bought a piece of ground I must go see it your possessions you know whatever that may be um and then he says, you know, I got this five yoke of oxen. I got to go test them out on the land. That's your work. You know, that's the livelihood there. And then the wife, the relationships that you put first when God's like, hey, why don't you come and dine with me? Come and spend time with me. You know, I've done all this. Yeah. It's all out. Perver- like, oh, but there's this really hot girl that said she would go out with me. So uh, it might be my wife. I'm like, dude, you're only 14 years old. Calm down. She's not your wife. <laughs> But isn't that just the way? Yeah. You know what I mean? And we, we look at the story like, oh, this is ancient text. So we think of it like yoke of oxen. I don't have yoke of oxen. No, <laughs> have, but you have like... I have yoke of eggs. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you have plenty of other things that distract you from committing to God. And and it's not like it's hard. God's offer. He did all the work. It's not like he's inviting you over so that you can slay the calf to eat. He's not like, oh, and by the way, can you mash these potatoes for me? You know, I got all these people coming. You know, he... <laughs> He didn't invite you to be his his helper, his servant, his slave. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because you know I was really challenged by this because you know we're so full of excuses, and I can just hear myself coming up with some of these lame-o excuses like, "But God, you know I got to get to work and start doing what I'm do for forty plus hours a week. I can't spend the extra ten minutes with you." It's almost like God's like, "Silly head, you know <laughs> if 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 you weren't." You know, if you just spent 10 minutes with me, then your day would go so much better. You know, it's almost like I'm going to help you do that stuff. You know, put your priority here first. And I'm just getting challenged by the excuses that that I can come up with and um, that these people came up with. No matter what excuse you have, it's all going to be lame. That was More Time by Need to Breathe, a double play. And that song, I Need More Time, just a few more months. You know, like, well, this... This food's not going to eat itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? The guy, he's so frustrated. I can't imagine being in this position of, and the lavish expense that this man went to to invite the people, to send the servant out. He has a servant, by the way. You know, he's got to have some money, but he's spending it. He's using all his resources, giving everything for these people, and they're ungrateful. Just like God gave everything, set up a table for us to dine with him, and we're ungrateful, and we make excuses for not coming to meet with him and sit with him. He says, you know, I'm knocking at the door. If anyone wills, I'll come in and we will dine together. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's like, 
Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. I'd rather sit in front of the TV with a spaghetti. Frozen, yeah, frozen dinner, spaghetti. Some ramen noodles. <laughs> Sounds better. No bean chili, Hormel style, with like some Fritos broken up into. You're <laughs> unbelievable. The ultra. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, it's time for you guessed it. Our unbelievable segment, folks. Hey, I love this music. It's, it's great. like a hoedown. Yeah, let's get all up, upbeat and excited. We're well into hour two now. Well in by about 15 seconds or so. And um, what a great, unbelievable segment we have tonight. Based on what we said at the end of the yeah. first hour. Sitting in front of the TV with the frozen dinner. The TV dinners, the TV as they din- call yeah. them. And if you go back and look at them in the ancient times when they first came out. <laughs> like the 50s. Uh-huh. They were like full-on dinners. And they were like in this like astronaut type seal yeah. like craziness and they had the little tv trays it's not so much like that anymore now it's all about like trying to be healthy and they have like i know the microwave thing that actually toasts the bread which is like a bit of I mean, that's just a genius invention that makes a panini in the microwave usually you put bread in the microwave it gets soggy and disgusting somehow they mastered the technology to make it toast in a microwave it's amazing ridiculous i i always remember the uh Oh, the music changed. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the uh, I remember the actual like when I was a kid, like you had to follow the instructions really carefully because if you didn't, you screwed up your the dessert because yeah. the dessert like had to stay covered when yeah. the rest didn't stay covered. And you had to like keep the the you know the um, apple pie <laughs> whatever I the know, cranberry. It was like this fruity one. Yeah. That, like got it's hot. Like it was apple like, crisp. Yeah, it's like, like cranberry. I don't really think goulash. I want that hot. Yeah. You know, it's like, but you had to make sure, like, ripped off all of it except for that one little compartment. <laughs> and you would be totally, totally like, messed up if not you, like. the dessert! I know, you accidentally tear just, like, a centimeter into <laughs> yeah. it. You're like, oh, it's no! ruined! It starts bubbling over the side, like, uh-huh. like it's alive. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's ruined! <laughs> all over the microwave. Gosh, why did I even do this? But, you know, what's funny is I actually had a, a bad experience with when you're in the frozen section and you're looking at all this stuff, you're like, oh. Oh wow, chicken cordon bleu! This looks awesome. Yeah, it's like the little chicken breast, and it, you're like, oh, just throw that in the microwave. <laughs> put it in the microwave, and you read the box. It says, "Do not microwave," and you have to actually put it in the oven. Oh, I know. I'm like, I tried what? to, I, I ate, I bit into one. It was the grossest thing Ugh. ever. I thought I was gonna die. I'm like, why is this directly next to the hot pockets in pocket form? <laughs> Frozen. <laughs> if I wanted to make chicken cordon bleu in the oven, I would have just made chicken cordon bleu. <laughs> I always love it's like. You get the microwave dinner, and it has conventional oven instructions on it. Right. I'm like, I if I was going to spend 55 minutes on the oven, I would have just made dinner for myself. Exactly. The whole purpose of this is being quick, being lazy. <laughs> and actually getting a Hungry Jack meal. Oh, Hungry Man. Minutes. It's like over one pound of food. Yeah. Is that something you really want to advertise? <laughs> I don't know. I, it gets me every time. Two Pokes dinners. Have one this... Have this... Have, <laughs> have one this weekend on the altar life. <laughs> I don't know why I'm giggly about that. Um, yeah, but these these three guys who had these three lame excuses, you know, as Jeff said, you know, excuses that we can fall into, you know, excusing ourselves because we feel like our, you know, possessions are more important or our work is more important or our relationships are more important. And the servant came back and reported these excuses to his master. And notice the master of the house being angry. And think about that. And we've kind of already painted the scene of, you know, you're baking all, you're excited because you're baking the dinner. 
It's going to be really good. You put a lot of effort and energy into it um, with your guests in mind. I mean, think about that. You don't make dinner for yourself when people are coming over and think, you know, what would I like? It's like, you know, what do you think my guests would really appreciate? I'm going to spend the extra time. I could I could just cook up myself a TV dinner. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm going to invite people over. So I want to kind of get what's going to bless them, you know. And like Jesus is in heaven preparing a mansion and a place for us. You know, he's thinking about us when he's doing it. Doesn't that blow your mind that Jesus, the, the almighty heavenly father, is, is preparing a place for us, you know, thinking about us, you know, those he, his kids, those he loves. It's amazing. Nobody has regretted putting all on the altar. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was Vagabonds by the Classic Crime, and that moves us into the next portion of the story where he tells his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Go out into the highways and the byways and find all those people that are kind of like the fringe, the outcasts, and bring them in. They'll appreciate it. All my friends, so-called friends, didn't appreciate all that I had done for them, the people that should have. Let's go out to the people that have nothing bring them in and just lavish on them everything that we can and you know we look at this story and in our culture when it says like he was angry everybody would be like hey man lighten up you know (sighs) big deal so i didn't come like there's no there's no commitment and there's no accountability it's like but you said you were coming and you didn't come like that i've gotten that grief for that you know like someone says they're coming and then they don't and then i like call them on it like hey why did you say you were gonna come and you didn't whoa whoa bro calm <laughs> down like oh, you got i'm led by, i'm led by the spirit i'm not led by you i'm like oh yeah because the spirit is non-committal you know nice excuse <laughs> doesn't work buddy <laughs> you know what i mean like people trying to like spiritualize their their lack of commitment and yeah. their laziness <laughs> um and it you know that's throw what the these god, guys are throw the god trump card out there. yeah exactly and they're like oh you, you shouldn't be angry you can't be angry angry you know you're sinning no actually it says be angry and don't sin you're, it's okay to be angry. The guy, there's nothing wrong with this. The guy is mad because the people took for granted everything that he had done for them. And uh, so he says, you know what? Forget about them. I gave them every opportunity. Let's go to the people that are really going to love it. You know. And he just he turns 180. He's like, angry? You know what? Let's go out and just love all these people that never, never get invited to anything like this. And isn't that what God has done? He gave the opportunity to his people over and over and over and over again until finally he said, because of the rejection of the Jews, the gospel is going to go to the Gentiles. And we're thankful for that because we're saved. And, you know, we would have never known God if it wasn't for for him, you know, sharing his life with us. And uh, this story paints a beautiful picture of that and the attitude of God where it's like, if you reject him, then he's going to honor your decision <laughs> which is scary but also it's it's nice because you know that you have a free will and it's up to us to make the decision the telling verse in this story for I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper and that's just a sad commentary on those who are invited you know and we're all invited tonight I mean you're invited to the marriage supper of the lamb you're invited you know God has the invitation out for you through Jesus. And um, 
you know, so often we, we come up with our reasons why we can't come to the Lord. You know, there's so many things that we could throw out there. Oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just busy with my, my career. I just, you know, I don't have time to really get involved that much in a church because I got all this stuff going on. And I, you know what, once I get married and settle down and then I'll kind of, you know, come to the Lord and, you know, well, you know, I, I just really screwed up. So I don't think God really want me at his dinner table. I'm dirty. You know, <laughs> no one sits around at dinner table and dirty and being dirty. You know, there's so many things that the enemy just puts in our minds as excuses. And if you look at the excuse of these people, our excuses are very similar. They don't make any sense. You know, Jesus loved us. He invited you already. And the invitation's out there. He never stops inviting these people. He just says that they're never going to taste his supper because everyone else, all the people who wanted to come came and they're never going to have the opportunity to taste it because they didn't take him up on his invitation. And that's just a sad thing, you know, and don't be stuck. Don't don't throw these excuses out and and miss out. Well, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Imagine the the look of shock on the faces of the poor, the maimed, the lame, those that were in the highways and the byways. When the servant's like, hey, you know that guy? Really rich. You smell that good food? That's for you. Let's go. And they're like, what? Look at my clothes. Like, look at they're, you know, they're just like, uh, huh? What about all those other people? Didn't they get invited? Yeah, they, forget them. They didn't want to come. They're missing out. It's their loss. You're going to come and you're going to love it. You know? And they're just like, okay, thanks for not taking the invitation because we get to enjoy it. Right. And the, the contrast there is that they did not see themselves worthy to be invited, yet they were the ones that got to be there. The other people thought... Forget the invitation, whatever. I got better things to do. Or what I have to do is more important than all the effort, all the time, all the love and care that was shown to me by the invitation being extended and by the work that was put forth. And isn't that a rebuke, man? Like, for me, it's like God has done so much and prepared so much for me just to step right into. And I've been, like, too busy to to follow through on the commitments that I made to him. You know, he's committed everything to me, you know, and, and meanwhile, like the people that are, you know, maybe not as talented or not as gifted or not as, you know, able to do something. God has used them because they've been like, God, I'm not worthy of anything. You just take me and use me in any way, shape or form. And God has done it. And I watch these people and I'm like, hey, what about me? And God's like, hey, you have the same opportunities. Comes back with the whole the prodigal son that we talked about, you know, like. I have had the opportunities right before me and I've rejected them. These people had the opportunity to dine with the king and they rejected it. And don't let that be you tonight. God's calling out to you. He's inviting you to come and take time with him. Take him up on that offer. Don't let it go to anybody else. You know, this offers for you. Yeah, you know, I was just made me think about Revelation and one of the churches, the lukewarm church. And Jesus is telling these people who are lukewarm, it says, You say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, and that white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. You know, it's just a deception. These people, like Jeff said, you know, these people didn't think that they needed this dinner. And, uh, you know, they were just as bad as these other lame, maimed people, except for they thought differently about themselves, you know? 
It was their mind condition, it was their heart condition that kept them from that amazing supper. Maybe tonight we could sit and commune with God. Uh, it's up to us to take up the invitation. It's been extended to us. Jesus, you know, with open arms, extended the invitation to be with him on the cross. Um, and when he rose from the dead, you know, we just celebrated Easter a couple weeks ago. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead was the turning point of all humanity. You know, it was it was important that he died for us. But if he had died for us and never rose from the dead, we're going to hell. You know what I mean? Like the fact that he conquered sin and death for us. He invites us. Today, you'll, you can be with me in paradise. He said it to the thief on the cross. We have the invitation. And we're too busy to answer. The RSVP date has been set, and we let it go by without a word. And, uh, you know, let's not that <laughs> let's not have that be our indictment, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, they had the invitation, and I don't know, they lost it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Got lost in the shuffle. It's just, it's a challenge for us, definitely. Yeah, yeah and we've invited you to um, come out to the website a lot of times. <laughs> so do that, www.thealterlife.com. Come out, check us out. You can listen to some of the other parable um, episodes that are out there from previous weeks. And, um, you know, but Jeff, you're, you're right on, you know, we've, we're all invited to heaven and, um, don't let your excuses keep you in the way of coming to the supper. You're listening to the altar life with Brent and Jeff. This is the end of the altar life episode tonight. We're thankful that you were here and you sticked in with us till the end or stuck in with us till the end. (laughs) My grammar. Um, tonight, you know, talking about the invitation to the dinner, and a father in heaven is preparing a place for you in heaven. You know, and the invitation is is the same for all of us. And um, I guess tonight the challenge is to realize that you're that you're maimed, that you're lame, that you're blind, <laughs> that you're 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 not any better off than those people are. And um, you're as much need of a savior as the next guy. And um, when you start thinking that you don't need God as much, you're being you're deceived, and you're being you're. You're not really thinking correctly, so don't be de- don't be deceived tonight. Don't don't let the enemy get in there and say, "Yeah, the stuff you got going on is a little more important than that," because it ain't. It really isn't. Um, and that's part of the challenge for tonight. Yeah, I mean, the next time you feel God inviting you to something, and you procrastinate or you you know neglect to get involved or participate in that thing, think about what you could be missing out on. You know. Be selfish for once in regards to what does God have for me that this is so important, you know, that I can put all this other stuff aside. You know, I don't want other people to get this. I want this for for myself. You know what I mean? God has a specific specific calling and invitation to all of us. It's extended to us personally. You know, it's not like he just prints a bunch of invitations and chops them up and throws them in the mail. Hopefully they get to some people. You know, it's he personally invites each every one. And then we just like kind of throw it by the wayside. We can't do that. We need to get in the game, not let this opportunity pass by. For you that are listening, for Brent and I, the excuses that we make when God asks us to participate, they're they're bogus. They're cows and fields and women. <laughs> Period. <laughs> so don't let them get in the way of participating in what God has for us. And so until next week. Be cool cats. Live for Christ. Mm-hmm.